Yes, this the sun is going to rise tomorrow, and Metallica is going to play Enter Sandman at the end of the show. And welcome back to another episode of Exposing Ourselves. I'm Travis Ritchie, and this is episode 26. This is the show where we expose each other to new things. Matt, a big music fan, will assign me one of his favorite albums or playlists to listen to each week, and I, a movie buff, will give him one of my favorite films, and we come together on this podcast to discuss it all. And with me, as always, is my good friend... Matt Runquist. Yes, Travis, that's right. I'm here. I watched the movie What Lies Beneath, and you listened to LCD sound system this week. <laughs> yes, we did both of those things. <laughs> uh, but before we get into that, some uh, some uh, housekeeping. Housekeeping. Uh, how are you? I don't know. I'm doing pretty well and have been doing a fair amount of housekeeping. Uh, recovery See, from surgery continues over here. My wife is doing pretty well, though, and it appears to have been successful. So... Uh, hopefully we're we're sort of at the end of the road here once she's done recovering from surgery. Very exciting news from my from my. How long is the recovery process? Uh, well, she is on lifting restrictions for another three weeks. So mm-hmm. oh, uh, that's she, not too bad. It's not. It's six weeks total. But you know, the first week you wouldn't want to lift anything, anyways. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So well, I was thinking about I, I compared it to my broken ribs last year, and uh, I, I couldn't move at all for like a week, and then I was already walking within mm-hmm. the first like five days or so, and then uh, you know it took about three months to heal completely, but I feel I was healed completely. So yeah, yeah, very exciting. So uh, that's really good. Uh, we're also in the middle of fireworks season here, and we have one huh. dog, three dogs who completely ignore the fireworks. But we have one dog who very, very much does not like the fireworks. Oh, yeah. No. So, and he's our biggest dog. <laughs> but he, uh, he likes to go up into the guest bedroom closet, and he has a he has a bed in there, and he lays down. It's very dark. He has a fan on in there, and he likes to use it as his little meditation space when the fireworks are going off. So. That's good. That's good. I have a dog who you might be able to hear uh, in there who we have just started this fireworks and this will be Coco's first fireworks season. Also her first summer. Mm -hmm. So we are just now getting into our heat wave here Mm -hmm. in LA and uh, our first heat wave. And um, I I talked about our heat Uh a little bit last week. Yeah. It's so funny now that we are in it and uh, we're running the air conditioning and 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 it's funny because I have friends who are already complaining about the heat here and it is still fairly mild compared to what we end up getting later in the year mm-hmm. with you know topping out over a hundred degrees nights that are uh, you know still in the 70s or even hitting 80 degrees at the low so i'm like this is not so bad guys just chill but um uh I did go on a lovely hike with Coco uh, last night, and it w- we we did a kind of a uh, a sunset hike, which was really lovely. So it was cool and and lovely. It, it just she's she's so much fun to hike with. So I'm I'm enjoying that. And um, I had a birthday. And... Oh, that's right. You did have a birthday. How was it? It was good. It was good. I, I kind of posted about it on my Facebook page, but uh, I went to the zoo. A friend of mine and his kids took me to the zoo, and these are, I think they're about four years old, so mm-hmm. they're still of the age where they are having a good time until they're not. 
Yeah. And then, yeah, and then that's they a really real are not having a good time. Then they hit so, the wall. Um, yeah, so it's that was interesting. And I did, you know, it, it was neat. It's really neat for me to see how I daddy, you know? <laughs> like... Uh, you know, there's this there there's this thing where uh, there was a bridge, uh, and so there was a there was a hill basically that the kids would run up, and then they run down and into my arms, and I would swing them up into the air, uh-huh. and uh, and they did this like five times each, and I was getting a little tired, but they saw also they had to run up the hill in order to <laughs> get the run down, and so it was kind of like a trick to get them you know worn out a little bit. Um, it was just, but it was so much fun. How and, idyllic! Uh, That's adorable. Yeah. So the beach, and then oh, not that the zoo, and then the uh, we had dinner, and then I had a, a game night thing. A friend of mine picked me up, and we went to this uh, a gaming pub mm-hmm. called um, Guild Hall. It's in Burbank. Okay. And they have it's a place where gamers go to, you know, game. meet and drink and game. Yeah. yeah. And so we were out on the back patio playing this like werewolf type. You know, mm-hmm. uh, demons in a vi- in a in a medieval village type game, and uh, it was very complicated, but also a lot of fun. Nice, yeah. Those gaming pubs have done reasonably well here in Milwaukee. There have been mm-hmm. a few iterations. One was more video game focused, that also had board games. I think you took me to that one, didn't you? I believe I did. That was quite a while ago, but yeah, that one yeah. has since closed. But uh, a couple others have opened. Uh, I think there's only one or two right now. It seems to be like a, a one per major metropolitan area type of thing, unless it's like, you know, New York, L.A., Chicago. Right. L.A., well, we have our different neighborhoods, so, you know, it's it's easy to have one in the valley and then have another one over in Hollywood uh, area. Sure. So, uh, and they don't really overlap with each other too, but too much. Um, but yeah, so it was a good week. I, I, I think I enjoyed myself quite a bit and, uh, I, uh, spent some of it listening to some music. Yeah. LCD sound system. Well, I don't know though. We talked about the music last week first i think do you want to do you want to do you want to shake things up and uh you know what i uh, i actually would like to talk about the music first oh um, son of a gun no shaking this week straight down the middle well i let me introduce lcd sound system do it, then yeah please so lcd sound system is a i would say alternative dance rock band they uh started in brooklyn around the year 2000 they became very popular in the east coast sort of hipster scene and i really like their music it includes elements of electronica including like the repetitive nature and the synthesizers but the songwriting is more of a of a indie rock type of sensibility there are you know complete lyrics to every song rather than just a few you know get up and dance 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 you know there's there's like complete lyrics and everything and uh, they they really hit kind of a sweet spot that's not exactly like what anyone else is doing. Uh, this album is the first album of theirs that I heard. It's called Sounds of Silver. It's nine tracks and almost an hour long, so a little bit of a departure from what I've been giving you. Um, but I really like it. It's the type of thing that I can put on and listen to closely and enjoy, but also the type of thing that I can put on when I'm doing something else and just have those moments that are uh, really fun for me to listen to. They very famously had 
two or three nights at Madison Square Garden sold out, which is obviously oh, wow. a, which is obviously a big deal. Um, I think that's fifteen thousand people or eighteen thousand people. Uh, and then those were billed as being their last shows ever. They were going to break up and never make any more music. And then, of course, four years later, they very famously came back, and LCD Sound System is still around. So what did you think? That's amazing. So um, I I just want to give you some... um... Heads up, and I'm going to use uh, I'm going to use air quotes in the following sentence. And uh, but because we are a radio show, I I can't uh, do them, and I'm not going to do them for you. You can see me because we're on FaceTime. Uh, but uh, I'm I'm just going to see if you can detect where the air quotes are. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I am going to be a little harsher on this music <laughs> than I. Normally am because uh, it I I I didn't like it, um, and I uh, I I it it Matt this music made me angry and no coming way. from coming from the uh, the relative high of last week's uh, Tegan and Sarah and uh, and coming to this. Um, I so I and I think it's very simple why it's it's <clears throat> it's the repetitiveness and uh I I I I feel like there was enough actual lyrics in this entire album to make one song but they repeated everything over and over and over and over and, and it made me so angry listening to it and um i i i was just like i i needed i need more because there's nothing there wasn't this sounded to me and i'm trying not to actually get riled up here but (laughs) this sounded to me like something someone could do like it sounded to me like the stuff that i was making in garage band 10 years ago uh huh. You know, like I was just fooling around with the, you know, they have the loops, and uh-huh. you're like, oh, I'm gonna click on that loop, and it's gonna repeat and repeat and repeat until I click on another loop, and it kind of adds that in there, and then I'll be able to, and I, and I'll say, I'll say a little, you know, I have this idea, and uh, uh, for a for a for a piece of uh, for a lyric, and I'll just say, you know, read all the pamphlets and watch the tapes, and then I'll just repeat that for a few times, and uh, or whatever. Um, so, yeah, that was, I, I, I. Okay, so let also me. Also in the first song. Wait, 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 yeah, wait. Okay. I'm not done yet. Oh, because I know. Because in the first song, for instance, there was a, there was a, a lot, this, this intro, this beat that they started, right? And it, and it went, oh, and it repeated four or five or six times. And then finally a drum came in. And I'm like, you just needed to cut that down, make it more interesting by cutting it in half. Like you know, if, if there is a there is a kind of a a feel that we have when we listen to music, and I'm not obviously music aficionado, but I have been listening to music my whole life, and I get this kind of innate like 
you have a certain number of, of repeats before you add in a new element. And these guys just went too many repeats um, without any uh, new stuff. And in fact, the example that I gave you, uh, I think read all the, or watch the tapes is the name of the song. It starts with read all the pamphlets and watch the tapes is the first line. And it repeats it three times and then didn't repeat it again. And I was shocked that it was that it only repeated it three times uh, because every other song does it uh, more than that. There, I will say there are two things that I do like about this. Okay. The there is a song called "Sound of Silver," mm-hmm. and the the lyric is "Sound of Silver, talk to me," makes you want to feel like a teenager until you remember the feelings of a real live emotional teenager. Then you think again. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's a very interesting little poem, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's true. Like, we, we all want to feel like teenagers again. But then you think about, you know, you think about what it was actually like. And you're like, oh, no, never mind. They repeat that lyric with no changes. One, two, three, four, <laughs> five, six, seven, eight times. And that is all that exists in the song. And uh, I was, I was dying uh by the end of it and it's a seven minute song the other thing uh then it is followed by the final song of the album which is new york i love you but you're bringing me down which is an interesting it's a it's a departure from what they do in the rest of the album and um and there's a lot of interesting poetry about this person who and i i i relate because i'm in this big city that i love i love la but it does bring you down sometimes there are things about living in this big city that you love and uh but you just you just it's 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 grating on your soul in a bit in a way and uh, so that's kind of what he's trying to express and the poetry is uh is interesting certainly by comparison with the rest of the album but this is also the only time where he attempt, where the guy t- tries to sing. I don't know who the I don't know the lead singer's name, but he he tries to sing, and he he, he he's not a singer, and um, <laughs> and it's a little uh, well. A little I would say twenty thousand hipsters in Brooklyn would disagree with you. They they think he's very much a singer. Okay. Um, okay. So so yeah, yes. That's, well, okay. So, I mean, one of the things that appears to be bothering you is just the minimalism of this. So, you're familiar with minimalism as a musical entity. Tell me. Tell me so, about it. Uh, you know, I can't remember who it's big on, but it, it's kind of similar to the rise of, like, abstract art and everything where um, minimalism was built around repeating figures, right? And the interest of the music comes in very slight variations or no variations over the course of very long pieces, right? Hmm. Um, and this is this is definitely built around like repeating motifs. Now the yeah. idea is that this type of music can introduce sort of a trance-like state, which is why I thought this might go nicely with your hiking, right? Mm. Because mm. oftentimes when I'm hiking, I find that the simple act of putting one foot in front of the other, especially on a trail that I've been on many times can be very meditative and this is very meditative music now interesting it's entirely possible that i've you know i mean like you have 
definitely in the past expressed that you like your music to be sort of active and saying something and you know sort of wrapped up in a in a package and this is not that right this is very sort of expansive like it it's intended to evoke a mood right which you know <laughs> similar to like godspeed you black emperor um but with you know you're right absolutely like even less movement right yeah and i will say my hikes tend to be very active hikes i i don't generally do on go on ambling hikes you know that are that don't require attention so i'm doing i'm doing hikes with climbing and rocks and you know stuff that you actually have to pay attention and so um a translite state doesn't doesn't really uh you know go well with with that anyway mm -hmm. so um i get that um yeah i i do i can see the appeal of that the way you describe it uh and i think that uh, and there is i love to dance i love club dancing uh, mm -hmm. i haven't gone in a long time but you know in my 20s and 30s especially i i love to go out dancing and listener and, please take travis out dancing yeah please uh i i i, I my last couple of boyfriends have not liked dancing so uh um but the one thing that i i i remember from those days is that you when you're listening to music, you have kind of a, and you're moving your body to the music. And this is also maybe not trance-like, but also there is a rhythm to it. And you, and you, you link your body to the music in a way, and you can predict when a change is going to happen, when the bass is going to drop, when the, you know, when the drums are going to kick in, when the something is going to change in the music. And I think it's like a, it's, it's a certain it's a certain kind of rhythm to the poetry of music that I think that these guys just went longer and more than I'm used to. Right. And so I'm, you're expecting two repeats of a refrain before something changes or three or something, you know, and mm -hmm. these guys just yeah. went, went too much. So I, I, yeah, that's so what the, I wasn't into. The other point I want to make is that mm -hmm. you're saying, oh, this reminds me a lot of music that I made in GarageBand, uh, you know, with loops. And I want you to not, I want you to think about not devaluating that kind of music. I almost said hmm. devaluating, which is not a not a word. Uh, I, yeah, no, it's a word, but I get what you're Devaluating? I don't think devaluating sure. is a word, <laughs> but devaluing is a word. And um, I, you know, the, like music doesn't have to be difficult to play in order to move us or to connect with us. Um, music doesn't have to be complex in order to be appreciated. And I, you know some of the things which are very complex are also very moving right but the this idea that a certain type of music is in the abstract best i do and and you're not saying that but like i do try to enjoy avoid value judgments about this music is simple therefore it's bad because uh you know there is a I watch a, a, a few YouTubers. I've been, you know, learning guitar, and it's fun to to listen to the guitar teachers on YouTube. But there are some of them who are very, very sort of stuffy about. Oh, modern pop music is so boring. It's three chords, and they just repeat over and over, and it's the same chord progression for every popular song. Hi, Coco, and um, 
And I find that attitude to be really, like, stilted. You know, pop music is pop music. It's meant to be popular. Um, and any music that is is honestly expressing what somebody is feeling or any music that's engaging honestly with the world and emotion is music that I can get behind, even if it's not necessarily my thing. And so I appreciate you, like, yes, this is not your thing, and that's cool, but I would absolutely love to hear your Garage Band songs if you saved any of them, because that is, uh, it's, it's a type of music that is accessible to everyone, and it is therefore something that I love hearing. That's an interesting, that's a really interesting take. Uh, and I, I think I don't agree with the idea that, like, I I don't want to see a movie by everybody. You know, I don't want to see the movie that uh, a, a college kid makes on his iPhone, you know, because I was that college kid and I know that that movie was not good. And, um, and, and, uh, also, I know that my garage band music was not good, uh, but I was just playing. But that's kind of what it felt like. It, it this felt more like playing rather than rather than having an actual. I don't know. Um, it just wasn't for me, uh, and I'll I'll mm -hmm. I'll leave it at that because I don't I do I do like I I know you like it, and I don't want to be uh, negative um, too negative about it. But this was just <laughs> absolutely not my not my cup of tea. <laughs> that's that's absolutely fair all right well uh i think it's probably time to give it a rating <laughs> this this was my spider-man <laughs> this was your spider-man uh. oh uh so my rating is um uh i mean uh we, we are not probably allowed to give a rating of zero um yeah it is a scale from one to ten. One to ten okay so i would um I think the last song is a a three of a song, and it elevates the the in the. But I think it, to me it elevates this music from a zero to a one. I'm gonna give this a one. That's not an yeah. elevation. <laughs> one is yeah. the bottom of the scale. It is, but it, I you can't go below it. the bottom of the scale. You don't. Okay. You don't apparently understand how scales work. No, I don't. This is why. This is why I'm not a musical guy. Um, ah, music joke. Um, yeah, <laughs> this is. This was. This was so very much not my thing, which is weird because there are there are things we've listened to that have been not my thing, but not as much as this. <laughs> well, I'm glad you left yourself some room to rate this at the very very bottom. Yeah, that's interesting. I got to admit, I've never been angry listening to music before. That, that was an experience. I thought, gosh, I thought there was one other one that you were angry about, but uh, that's interesting. Uh, well, uh, first of all, I should give this my rating. This, uh, please to, do. This to me is a, a solid seven. This is music I really like. I listen to it uh, pretty pretty often, and uh, it's something different. Um, you know, something different from a lot of what I listen to. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm, I guess I am a little fascinated by the visceralness of your negative reaction to this. Um, and, and I'm also fascinated that I, I, how cool is it that, I mean, I kind of like the idea that just everybody's into something different. 
Yeah. And I, I think that that's a very interesting thing to really see at play in this yeah. moment. Yeah, because, like, you know, I... Like, I like this music, but there are people that LCD Sound System is absolutely their favorite band. And this album sure. is not unrepresentative of what they do. Like, this this album is not, like, out there or whatever. This is this is the type of thing that they do. Um, yeah, so, anyways, That's all right. Have you, I am curious, uh, given, uh, we were talking last week, and you said that um, last week's Tegan and Sarah was one of your ten top top 10 albums how many of your top 10 albums have you assigned me so far do you think <laughs> well i know you've heard graceland so i'm not going to assign okay. that to you um how many i think this i think tegan and sarah's the con was that was the first one that i had assigned to you yeah all right interesting all right. Uh, I hope, and i uh, probably I'd be to see more of those yeah i i don't i don't know how many of those are ones that i would consider exposing you to uh, really? Yeah, but I, there there is a whole breadth of music out there that I'm almost a hundred percent certain you will dislike <laughs> that I do not expose you to at all. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, but 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 a lot of times you've given me albums that uh, you're you're you you think ahead of time that I won't like, but I do value the exposure to. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, so that could be the case with those uh, as well. I mean, it's entirely possible. We, you know, it's a big world and we're hoping to keep podcasting for a while. So, yeah, yeah, it is interesting. Um, I was thinking about Spider-Man, uh, not only listening to last week's episode where we mentioned it, but also the uh, sequel came out, uh, Spider-Man uh, Across the Spider-Verse. Yeah, people, and, people um, really love it and good on. Yeah, them, I saw it know. and it's uh, it's it's pretty good. Um it's very, very, it's a lot. It's like they took everything from, from the first movie and, and cranked it up um, in, a, in a creative way, which is interesting. So anyway, um, so, but we should move to the music. Uh, we should move to the... <laughs> yeah, we should just do another album right now, I think. That's what we should do. <laughs> Can we please? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's listen. Let's move to the uh, movie. Yeah. <laughs> So I had you watch a uh, a fairly old movie uh, in our in our you know lineup. We uh, went back to 2000 and watched What Lies Beneath, which is a uh, a movie directed by Robert Zemeckis from Back to the Future fame and Who Framed Roger Rabbit and uh, Forrest Gump, and he here tries his hand at a kind of a supernatural thriller. Uh, and in the, very much in the style of a, a Hitchcock movie. Like, he really wanted to evoke a lot of Hitchcockian themes and even camera movements and, and shots. And so, um, but because it's Zemeckis, he is always pushing the boundaries of uh, filmmaking technology. So there are a lot of very interesting... Um, shots and also just uh, special effects and stuff that are in, in this movie. And it stars uh, Harrison Ford and Michelle Pfeiffer uh, as a couple who are uh, in a haunted house. And what's fascinating to me is I didn't realize it until now, but this was written by Clark Gregg, who you won't be excited by, but he plays Agent Phil Coulson in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And... Uh, 
and he, this is basically the only movie that he wrote, but it's one of the it was one of the uh, one of the ten highest grossing movies of the year the year it came out. I think it made it bought in almost three hundred million dollars. So, yeah, really, yeah, yeah, it was a pretty big movie. Well, it's it's Harrison Ford at, at his right at his Harrison Fordius, and it really when he's still like hot enough to be like shirtless in a movie. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, Harrison Ford's abs are a, high, a highlight in this movie. Yeah, and Michelle Pfeiffer, too. She's gorgeous in this, so uh, she's doing her, like, sexy mama uh, thing. So uh, what did you think? Uh, I mean, do, do, do you want to hear why I liked it? I don't, yeah, I uh... would love to hear why you liked it. Uh, so I remember seeing this movie when it came out, and uh, this was a movie that uh, Robert Zemeckis made in the break while he was waiting for Tom Hanks to lose weight in Castaway. And so he just took the entire crew, and they made this other movie. And I think it is, um, it's a pretty standard ghost story, although I remember being surprised by the twist, and I'm, I'm curious if you saw the twist coming. And... Um, but even even without that, I enjoyed watching it a second time because I think the the performances are are interesting and um, it's a little it's a little dated in some ways uh, in just there, there's this naturalism that has come into movies in the last twenty years that is uh, a little bit lacking in this where it's it's still a little presentational, but. I liked the uh, I liked the ghost story. The special effects were great. The lighting, the the house that they built for this thing, uh, for the for these couple to live in, is really kind of a, another character in the movie. And um, yeah, I I really enjoyed it. There's a couple of shots that I'll I'll talk about, but uh, the 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 camera work and the I think here's I think what I liked best about it is the technical movie making of it yeah like it's a it's a good movie but wrapped up in just a lot of skillful movie making yeah and i will i will agree with that that it is wrapped up in a lot of technical movie making and that that is kind of the high or the highlight or the the reason to watch this movie because the movie itself was kind of meh kind of oh, yeah? yeah it was just kind of it was Oh God! You know I have the opportunity to use a little bit of slang here. It was very mid. This is oh yes, it was very mid. Um, okay, I, it's funny, right? Because you hear about Harrison Ford and Michelle Pfeiffer being in a movie, and you're expecting like you know acting fireworks. And I gotta say, Harrison Ford both feels miscast to me in this role, and feels like he is just leaning on his Harrison Fordness a lot. Really? Yes. Interesting. Yeah, he, you know, he does, it's like, they're like, be angry, and he's like, oh, I remember what Han Solo's like when he's angry, and he, he does that thing where he, like, shakes his fist, and he's like, you know, uh, he and he's got, like, he's got off, and he's got angry, and he's in... Mm. I mean, I think that somebody might have given him a note about, like, you know, he's he's desperate to avoid being discovered or something. And so he's like his anger is bubbling up out of nowhere or something. But if like I don't I got to admit, I just did not like him in this movie. 
Michelle Pfeiffer, on the other hand, was fantastic. She is 100% the reason to watch this movie. She is really, yeah. really good in this. I think the story is kind of a nothing. And it gets, it's funny, as you go along and the story is revealed, you get to this point where you're like, a lot of the, like the ghost elements of this story are completely extraneous to the story. You know? Yeah. You're like, yeah. if there was no ghost, uh, she still, like, her amnesia would have gradually worn off and she gradually would have remembered. And, like, right. <laughs> like, right. Well, the, that's, a, that's also very Hitchcockian, right? You know, where the supernatural aspect is, is almost secondary to the, the characters and what they're going through. What are you referring to as the twist? The idea that uh, the idea that he killed the woman. The, oh yeah, the no, woman. that I saw that from outer space. I I'm, really it surprises okay. me that that. Now maybe it's because I've seen you know movies in the meantime or something, but that felt like there was a point about thirty minutes into this movie where I'm like, where? Why is Harrison Ford here? And the answer is always, oh, because he's the bad guy, right? Like that. Could, oh, because you know that. There was yeah okay yeah, yeah like very early on in this movie you're like why the hell did they cast Harrison Ford for this like nothing husband role right this like dutiful, interesting you dutiful yeah, go you know off what? to college I don't think about those things but yeah. you're absolutely right yeah and it's yeah. like oh oh he's involved this this whole thing where she figures out the murder in the first ten minutes is a misdirect right like clearly like that was so clearly. Uh, the, sorry, the fight between the neighbors was such a clearly like staged sort of. <gasps> well, but you don't scene. think that in in most movies like uh, the 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 I, the idea the reveal could have been that he was having an affair and she killed herself and is is now haunting. You don't think that that was would have been a satisfying reveal and, and they just went that one more step. No. And, and justified his and justified his uh, casting. No, I don't. I don't. Okay. But but anyways, uh, you know, um, I this wasn't like some of the movies that I don't like where I was like angry while watching it. There were a few points <laughs> where there there were a few points where I was like pausing it and seeing how much time was left, and I was like, how is this movie over two hours? Right? Like the story here does not justify a two hour running time. I think if this had been tightened up and maybe I think I've made this note about a couple other movies, but if this running time had been tightened up a little, even 10 minutes less would have been nice. And if it was 15 Hmm. or 20 minutes less, like there, there's a lot of just like really long language shots here that don't do a whole lot of work. And I understand, right? You're a filmmaker. You want to make film, but like, I think the tension could have been ratcheted up a little little quicker, and I don't think the movie would have suffered for it, especially because I didn't feel like the story kind of, you know, surprised me a whole bunch, right? Okay. Yeah, I wonder if tension would have been ratcheted up by cutting, uh, by cutting, because uh, um, I, I, I... I'll tell you, oh, I'll tell you the idea that I had in the moment. Um, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I think it would have been a really amazing ending for when she is drowning at the end and she saves herself for that to be the end of the movie. Oh, God. Yes. Where she saves herself, right? Yeah. Like, he tries to kill her, okay? She's drowning. He slips, breaks his head open on the sink, and... 
and then she there's like a two or three minute long like shot where she slowly manages to save herself from drowning and like that for me was like such a huge emotional release right yeah. to like watch that it's like really detailed and it's not like it's like scary. You can like feel yourself drowning, right? That was and a hugely then, tense moment, right? Yeah. And then it just gets released, right? And and like, wouldn't it have been fascinating to be like, oh, we'll cut to a quick shot of her like in a blanket with talking to a police officer. There's flashing lights, blah blah blah, and then that's the end. Instead, all of a sudden we got super. Oh, no. All of a yes, yes. All of a sudden we got super villain Harrison Ford that's like jumping off of cars and like it was just crazy. It was like. It just came out of, like, it felt like a different movie after that point. Like, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, no, we need to have a bunch of, like, Freddy Krueger stuff. And not Freddy Krueger, Jason. Yes, it, it felt very, like, like all of a sudden, he's this implacable killer that cannot be killed. And it was just, it felt like it was trucked in from a different movie. Uh, uh, I don't know if I agree with that. Um, really? But, uh, I, really? Yeah, okay. No, I think so, it been no, 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 I want to, I want to talk about this. I he, he, so one, he just magically recovers from a head injury that knocks him out. He, um, the car thing, right? Like he, uh, oh God, what happened? Oh, that's right. He like goes through the back window of the car. There's that, there's that bizarre thing with the, where you want him to get stabbed by the sailboat mast and he doesn't. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. That was a nice MacGuffin, by the way. I was like, oh, yeah. here, this, here's this giant sailboat mast. He's obviously going to get stabbed by this. And then, and then he didn't, there were just several things where it was like, like where where did this super like everything here has been super grounded except for the like the ghost was, story? I don't think that he was a superhero. I think that he was desperate, and people do people do uh, crazy things when they're desperate. And uh, I yeah, I don't think that I I don't see it the same way. Um, and I think that it would have been unsatisfying to have it end there because because in that moment she hasn't she hasn't done anything to resolve the situation she she resolved that tiny situation of being in the being in the tub and i do love that they um the 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 foreshadowing and the and the the setting up of things like when she goes into the lab and they're giving the mice that little that chemical that you know incapacitates the mice and you're like "Uh, uh." (laughs) yeah yeah that was the most ridiculous like okay does everybody see the domino? Okay, we're setting up the domino. Here it is right here. Does anybody not know what foreshadowing is? Anybody? Like, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, that was Well, that was very I thought they played it subtly enough where it was uh where it was it was almost a almost a uh a throwaway but mm-hmm. but good enough to to know that okay, this is important to know. Um uh, okay. So so you didn't like it as much. Um, no, no. I really loved two. Two. Sh- I want to talk about two shots that I did love. Uh, yeah. At least two shots. Oh, okay. Um, one of them one is of them... the glass floor. And yes. W- and oh God, what's the other one? Uh, I don't know. What's the other one? We'll talk the about the other glass one. Floor. Don't worry. The other one, one is when she uh, she's she's straightening up the 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 bathroom, uh-huh. and she walks out into the bedroom, and oh. in a wonder. Yes, I've heard about bedroom, this shot before. Into the yes. hallway, and yeah. then sees the steam coming out of the bathroom, and goes back into the bathroom, and the bathroom is filled with steam, and the bathtub is filled to the brim with still water. Yeah, 
Yeah. And I, it's such a great shot. And, uh, and my, my instinct was that the whole thing was, uh, that a lot of that was CGI, um, but apparently it was not. Uh, apparently it was a real set change that they did all in the time where, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer walked through the room. Yeah, that's see, and that's the type of thing I I don't really notice oneers. Like I'm I'm always super impressed by them when people point them out to me. But I yeah. I'm not the I don't notice them. But yes, that that was really cool. Okay, tell me about the glass floor. I don't know what I mean. I I don't know how the glass floor how they did it. Um, it's you you have this shot where Michelle Pfeiffer is laying on the floor of uh, uh she she is she can't move he uh, uh her uh, the Harrison Ford has knocked her out with this chemical that 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 paralyzes you but leaves you aware and so she's laying on the floor of the her house and the camera kind of zooms in on her face and then goes below the floor to look up at her through the floor and to see Harrison Ford above her. And I just don't know how they did it. It's a, it's It's not, I mean, I assume it's just a glass floor. It must be a glass floor that they then, that they, they, they replaced with Mm -hmm. actual floor. um, Yeah. Before, you know, in with CGI, Mm-hmm. In the in the first part of the shot, that must be how they did it. But it's so seamless and a very interesting shot that I've yeah. never really seen before. Yeah. Um, I've seen it since. Uh, there are David Fincher was another director that really liked to do impossible shots like this in some of his early movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you watch, um, if you watch, uh, Panic Room has a couple of really interesting ones, and uh, uh, you know, Fight Club, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I liked. I didn't think I didn't love this movie. It wasn't. It's not my favorite movie, but mm-hmm. I enjoyed watching it again. It was. Uh, it was kind of like a. Um, it's kind of like a, a a teddy bear that you enjoy seeing and holding on to again. And... I'll say this about the film. I would agree with you that it's Hitchcockian, and one of the ways that I can tell is that I kind of don't like Hitchcock either. Like, oh, interesting. I, I'm a, I'm a big Psycho fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoy Psycho, but most of the rest of Hitchcock that I have seen, I have not been in love with. I don't hate it, but I'm always yeah. like, you know, it, it strikes me as very old, right? Uh, yeah, which it is, I, I'm, you know. I'm the same way. You know me, anything pre-Jaws is, is generally holds less interest for me. But I will say that when I've been exposed to uh, Hitchcock stuff, I have generally found it very interesting. Um, I went to a screening of uh rear rear window mm-hmm. uh is that the one with the uh, grace kelly yes um, i believe so and uh oh man was that a good movie yeah i i was shocked by how much i liked it and uh and so anyway i i generally am on the same board uh with you and uh, i i in that respect i'm not I'm not like, oh my god, it's Hitchcockian. I just like that they did some of those like Hitchcock shots, like the the shot through the through the mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of mirror shots in this. A lot of this. mirror shots, and boy, is that clawfoot tub important. You you get mm-hmm. the sense very early on that the clawfoot tub is important. And I will say this: that's good foreshadowing, right? Like 
you get the sense early on that the Klaffa tub is important, even though you don't understand why or how. Yeah, yeah. Her yeah. walking into her husband's lab at like 8 p.m. and it's mysteriously filled with people, including somebody doing a first day lecture on how halothane works. Sorry, I work with uh, anesthesia. <laughs> like in my job and so this sort of like idea that somebody would just be like this is how we do the thing with the rat see see it was very like "Mm, that's not that's not how that goes but okay (laughs) anyways uh so that may be why professional yeah that may be why i didn't like that as well as you did so. Fair enough. Fair enough. So uh, why don't you go ahead and give it a rating? It's uh, it's slightly below average for me. There is a lot of cool technical stuff. I love Michelle Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer. Uh, I would have liked somebody other than Harrison Ford in that role. Somebody that wouldn't immediately be clocked as this guy is also important. Um, so I'm going to give this a four. Okay. Like, okay. Uh, yeah. No, that's that's fair. I think it's going to be uh, above average for me. I really enjoyed. It. I it held up for me the experience of watching it, and I think it's going to. Ge- I think it's going to be a seven, for me. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, well, what have we got for next week? Next week we have uh, something fun and something new, but not something I'm super familiar with. Okay. Uh, this is uh, there's a singer songwriter named Vance Joy, and uh, I first heard his songs a couple of years ago. Uh, my wife liked him quite a bit, and he gets played on pop radio. And I was listening to pop radio because I was uh, commuting in my car a fair bit, and I was kind of take it or leave it until uh, this year. Um, I heard a couple of Vance Joy songs that I really liked. Um, Saturday Sun is what this uh, playlist starts off with, but uh, the one that I really got into and that made me sort of reevaluate him is there's a song called Missing Peace. So those are the two songs that I would sort of point out to you as uh, maybe high points. Although, to be fair, I think his fan base would say Riptide is a high point because that is the song that made him famous, and I believe he still plays it last at his concerts, which I don't know if you know anything about how concerts work, but uh, most <laughs> most artists generally like play their complete set, and they'll have uh-huh. like their most popular song missing, and then they'll come out for an encore and play their most popular song. Like So, for instance, Metallica would play Enter Sandman as an encore. Interesting. Right? That, seems, uh, that seems like it's a... Um... Uh, it's 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 that seems like casting Harrison Ford in a movie. Yeah, uh, right. right. It's like, like, well, it's like nobody's gonna be like, ah, oh, are they really not gonna play Enter Sandman? Yeah, um, exactly. So like, there's no actual tension there. Yes, this the sun is going to rise tomorrow, and Metallica is going to play Enter Sandman at the end of the show. Like that's, yeah. So anyway, so Riptide is the is that song for Vance Joy right now. Okay. So, but I, I this is it's upbeat uh, singer songwriter stuff. I think you'll like it quite a bit. I like it quite a bit, but I'm not as familiar with this as some of the things that I have introduced you to. So I don't have like, I don't have his life story. Got it. Got it. Well, uh, what do you feel like uh, today? I we, we covered this last week where you've already seen Castaway, right? That's why I, I have, assigned you. Yep, I okay, have seen so Castaway. I'm going to take that off my list finally. Um, 
what do you feel like? Do you feel like a, a drama, a little action, a little special effects? Uh... Oh, oh man, I don't. I, I gosh, you always ask me this, and I, I don't know, man. You, you're the, you're the one in charge. Take charge. All right, I, I, you know what? It's at the very top of my list, and I think I want to give it to you. I don't know how you'll react to it, but I want to assign you Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Okay. Okay, I remember this coming out and uh, thinking I might like to go see it, so I'm not. Yeah. So I'm not what this it. movie is is basically so Planet of the Apes had a whole series of movies, probably like six movies back in the I don't know, 60s, 70s, mm-hmm. 80s, stuff like that, where we had very like humans in masks um, playing apes. So round about 2000. 11 they decided to do a prequel episode a prequel movie that explains kind of the how the planet of the apes came to be the rise of the planet of the apes and it stars james franco as a, as a scientist character and uh, also andy circus who became famous for doing gollum in lord of the rings is doing performance capture in this movie as well as uh, as the young ape. And so uh, it's all CGI, performance capture, uh, interesting stuff. And um, yeah, I, I've seen it once. And I will say, this has spawned a trilogy of movies that really kind of goes into, you know, kind of, you know what's going to happen. You know where it's going to lead. But the journey that they go on with these characters is kind of fascinating. And I really, I've only seen each of them once and I'm curious to go back and watch this movie again. All right, cool. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully it won't, uh, hopefully it won't, hopefully it's not over two hours. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. It's, it's an hour and, uh, it's one, 105 minutes so it's uh oh, nice. just over an you know, hour and 45 minutes gosh so. i was joking i just i honestly assumed that a movie like this would be two hours and 15 minutes so that's great i'm i already like it better than i did just moments ago <laughs> great great well i i'm curious to see what you think it's it's very special effects but it's also i wouldn't say it's a special effects driven movie i think the special effects are there to service the story um from what i remember but again this is a science fiction type but it's set in modern day. I, I don't know. I don't. I'm. I'm very curious to uh, see what happens. Yeah, me too. All right. Cool. All right. Well, Travis, thank you uh-huh. for exposing yourself to me this week. Oh, Matt, thanks for exposing yourself to me. I uh, I did appreciate it, uh, oh. even if I didn't love well, the <laughs> thing. <laughs> That's awesome. Have a good week. Oh, you too, Matt. Bye. Oh, wait. Oh, what? What? Are well, we going to do of it? Course we sh- oh, we, we should. should. Okay, Didn't, let's do it. I mean, don't you want to? Yeah, I do. All right. Okay. You know, listener, I'm going to do this quick. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can be part of the conversation on our Facebook page. You can search for Exposing Ourselves and you'll find it. Or you can email us at exposingourselvespodcast at gmail.com. And we will read you on the air and we'll talk to you and it'll be super fun. Be part of the conversation. I like that quite a bit. That's good. Thanks. Good. Good job. All right. Talk to you next week. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye.